What do you say to a person who is exploring Christianity who has lost a loved one that wasn't saved? Today, I'm going to be taking your questions from Mailbox Monday. I'm on the road, so we're, we are shaking things up a little bit, but today I'm going to spend a little bit of time answering your questions. This is the Heidi St. John Podcast. So how are you guys doing? So I'm coming to you. Uh, from the great state of Kentucky right now. And obviously I am still in a hotel room here. I thank you guys so much for sending your questions in to me. Tomorrow, my friend Ken Ham is going to be coming on the show. And then shortly after that, I'm going to air an interview that I did with Martin Isles. You guys are going to be absolutely blown away by the way that these gentlemen address what's happening in our culture with incredible clarity and conviction. That conviction comes from the inerrant, unchanging word of God. It's the answer to woke culture. It's the answer to the question that the world is asking right now. God's word doesn't change. And God has addressed so many of these issues that we're wrestling with in the culture today already in his word. And so I can't wait to bring those to you. Today, I'm going to spend some time addressing some questions that you guys have sent to me here at Mailbox Monday. There's a whole bunch of them. I'm going to get to as many as I can. If you would like to have your question pushed to the top of the list, you can become a subscriber to the Heidi St. John podcast by simply going to Spotify and clicking on the subscribe button. All right. The first one comes from Jen in Iowa, and she said, Heidi, I've been a listener of your podcast since the beginning of my homeschooling 11 years ago. Wow. Good job, Jen. I'm proud of you. My question for you is, is my son or my son at 12 years old found pornography. And since then, we have taken all electronics other than TV away and explained it wasn't to punish him, but rather to protect him. This came about a few months ago after we had the talk, including some discussion about pornography. How would you go about telling young boys about pornography that doesn't create an interest in it? I would love examples. Also, this boy, I have several boys, will be starting a job next year. He needs a phone, and I'm probably going to get him a flip phone for emergencies. But when he's 18 and decides to get an iPhone, how do we keep him safe? I know we need to trust God uh, and that God uses us as parents to raise him up to honor the Lord. But I'm afraid once he gets an iPhone or a computer, he will be tempted. What conversations should we have with our boys now that will help in the future when they aren't tied to mom and dad? So Jen, I have a lot of thoughts on this as a mother myself of two grown boys. And I took a lot of my, uh, I formed a lot of rather of how I feel about this from conversations with my husband. And I think the first thing that I I always tell moms who write into me about their fear of uh, pornography and how it's influencing their young boys is that we cannot live in fear. You cannot live in the fear of what if when your child is uh, 18 years old and is uh, has access to something that you have restricted access to. And the reason I say that is because the the Bible is very clear that it is the heart of man that is des- desperately wicked, right? There's not a single one of us. Our righteousness is, be- is as filthy rags before the Lord. There is no not righteous, no not one. No one is righteous, no not one. And you have a son at 12 years old who found pornography, unfortunately, like many, many other thousands and thousands of young boys. In fact, girls too. Girls are not immune to this. And you took electronics away from him other than the television. 
And I think you've done a good job saying, hey, we're trying to protect you. But I would just encourage you, if pornography, what you want to do is train your kids to just fall in love with the Lord so that our hearts want what he wants for us. And we want his will for our lives. And we want to obey him out of a love for him, right? To trust him and obey him. And you cannot legislate this into the heart of your son. And it it concerns me just a little bit that at 12 years old, he your son finds pornography and you're basically going to try to keep him away from every electronic device that he could possibly access pornography on until he's 18 and then hope he's okay. If your son wants access to pornography, he will find it. It is about his heart. And my husband and I, uh, and in fact, I would just encourage you this way, I guess, you know, when we started seeing these kinds of issues with our boys, I know that my husband was very, uh, Jay is much more, for those of you who know my husband, you'll be like, yeah, you're right. Uh, Jay is very quiet. He has a a quiet way about him. He's not um, kind of the the sort of in your face uh, father that's going to go on the, you know, the father son weekends and all those things. He just basically told our boys like this dishonors the Lord and it's going to really screw up your marriage. And one really, you know, one really bold thing that my husband said one year and I was like, all right, that's I guess that's, you know, he's right. He just told my son, listen, do you want to have good sex when you're married? And of course, you know, my son was like, yeah, hello. Jay said, then don't do porn because it's going to mess you up. It'll mess your brain up. It'll make your wife uh, wounded and sad and distrustful of you. Um, don't do that to yourself now and don't do it to your wife, having those really honest conversations. But when we try to just legislate by removing every temptation from our from our kids and then expecting or hoping rather that when they get to adulthood, they're going to be just fine. I kind of think that that's uh, that's erring a little bit on um, being so overprotective that you're actually doing your son a disservice. And so have conversations with him. Ask him how he's doing. I'm I'm a huge fan of accountability. I love covenant eyes. But even in in situations like that, young people who are growing up today are very well versed in the internet, and they know how to get around things. And as a person whose kids have, uh, my kids have lied to me over things that they've seen on the internet. My job is to point them back to Jesus to tell them, listen, we all fail. We all we all mess up. There is forgiveness. And then create a plan, a strategy with them to help them be successful going forward in their lives. And so there is no guarantee that your son is not going to uh, view porn again. And he's absolutely going to be tempted. I would rather see you give him opportunities to do that while he's still in your house than at 18, when technically, if he wanted to, we could just move out and have not have that, uh, that accountability in those conversations. So to me, the conversations that we have with our young boys need to center around the preciousness of women, the preciousness of sex and the preciousness of sex inside of marriage and how we want to honor God. And when we honor God, it brings a blessing and it even brings, wait for it, a blessing sexually, right? Because the sexual relationship, the Bible says that that marriage is to be held in high esteem and that the marriage bed is not to be defiled. And God's blessings are found inside of God's boundaries. And so we want our kids to live inside that blessing, to look forward to that blessing. And that is how we have uh, addressed it with our kids. And so I, while I understand, and I'm totally with you at taking, you know, these things away from your son at 12, 
I don't know that it's as helpful when they're 16, 17, and 18 years old. I think those are the moments in which we say, listen, we're going to give you this responsibility and we're going to check up on you. And helping him understand the uh, the principle of accountability and why it's so important. Jen, you can do this. Your son is looking to you and your husband. Your sons are. It sounds like you've got several boys looking to you guys for direction. They need to see you parenting from a position of strength and not from a position of fear. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The next question was a pretty serious question. An anonymous listener in Wisconsin wrote in to ask how to minister to someone who has a loved one that died but did not die with the assurance of salvation. Uh, they wrote in to say, what do you say to a person who's exploring Christianity, who's lost a loved one, but who wasn't saved? I have a friend who lost someone very close and asked me where I thought he went when he died. Did he go to heaven? I told her what the Bible says, that if he didn't accept Christ as a savior, then he wouldn't go to heaven. After saying that, she was quite turned off, saying he was a good person and that wasn't fair. So how do you minister to someone who longs to be with their loved one? but knows they will most likely not see them again in heaven. So it sounds to me like this person that you're talking to is not a Christian. They're just, quote, exploring Christianity. They're thinking about becoming a Christian. And these are really difficult conversations to have. But the bottom line is is that when you're talking to an unbeliever, our primary responsibility should be to share the gospel with them. It's the gospel that changes the hearts of men. It's the gospel that opens our eyes. It's a gospel that calls that causes those scales to fall from our eyes so that we can see things from a spiritual perspective. And so rather than try to address the issue of whether or not this person was saved, because honestly, you don't know. You don't know. I mean, I've had uh, conversations with people whose loved ones have been in comas for months at a time, unresponsive, but you don't know that God's not ministering to the heart of that person in a coma. We don't know what God is doing, what's going on in the soul of that person between uh, that person and their maker. And so I think it's really important that we not pass judgment. So don't address the issue of whether or not that family member is saved or unsaved, whether they're in heaven or in hell, because ultimately that decision was between them and the Lord. And so you could say it's, it's impossible to know what happened in the moments before that person died or even the day before that person died. And we focus instead on what the Bible says so that the person who's talking to you can know with 100% certainty that they are going to go to heaven. And that is what we want to do. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And so we've got to believe and have faith in Jesus in order to be saved and go to spend eternity in heaven with the Lord. So if that person raises the question. If they say, um, you know, are you saying that my father who died is in hell? You can say with a clear conscience that you don't know where their father is because you weren't there when that soul decision was made between that person and the maker of their soul, their creator, God. 
They may have turned to faith in Christ and you're not in a position to judge that person's heart. Now, certainly we can judge the actions, right? And we can say, well, none look good. But I just think, boy, if you can move away from that, uh, that conversation, because that person's life is over, that person's opportunity to accept Christ and to, uh, and to be assured of salvation is over, unfortunately. But the person who's living and breathing and asking you that question, they still have a chance to become saved and to walk with God in right relationship and to experience the blessing of walking with God. So that's where I would say to focus, focus on sharing the gospel. We cannot know. It is only God that can judge the human heart. We cannot know what happens in the heart of a human being before they pass away. Uh, We have a courtship question from Kelly in Idaho. She said, how can we best parent our kids through the dating uh, slash courtship years? And what sort of advice can you offer parents who are just entering into this phase of life? There are not a lot of resources out there to help parents shepherd their kids through this process. We've homeschooled through high school and are seeing the fruits and blessings like you talk about. I know it's good for our kids to find godly person to get married to and move on from our home. And this is ultimately what I want but my heart was not prepared for this. So much is changing as they find their future spouses and it hurts. I wasn't expecting this. Well, there's a natural pulling away that happens from kids and their parents when they reach an age of adulthood. And it's an important one. You know, right here at the Ark Encounter, I was doing a mom's night out, which I'm going to do again, by the way, this Thursday. So if you're in the area We've got a brand new mom's night out coming up. It's just five bucks. You could even show up at the door uh, if you if you don't hear this in time, but invite everybody you know, you guys, it's going to be a great evening of just ministry and encouragement. You're going to love it. But I'm telling you what, uh, there was a mom that asked a question similar to this, and it really does hurt. Uh, I said to her, I said, I think having raised, you know, several young people myself, <laughs> uh, I said, I think that the the sole goal of a young boy when he transitions, you know, he's moving from uh, from his youth into adulthood is to sort of emotionally kill his mother. <laughs> it's a terrible thing to say, but I'm telling you what, I've been there. And they sort of have to, it's like they're wrestling free. They want you to know, boy, they've got an opinion and they can do it and they can lead and they can learn and they don't need your help. Thank you very much. And this is especially true when they start dating. And so your response at this point is to shepherd, to coach, to mentor, to encourage, but more than anything else, it's to pray. It's to pray because the, I think the separation is very painful, but once your kids settle into married life and they start coming back around again and they start bringing their kids over, I'm telling you what, the blessing returns tenfold. And so hang in there with your kids. I agree with you that it it can definitely hurt in the season of life, when your kids are pulling away from you and trying to establish their own independent, uh, their own independent lives and their own identities apart from your uh, immediate family, even though it hurts, the Lord is still in it. And like I've said to you guys a whole bunch of times here at the show, we're not raising children; we're raising adults. And so when they leave and do the thing that we've raised them to do, and then we're shocked that it hurts, listen, if it doesn't hurt, I think you're doing it wrong. <laughs> so. Hang in there. Uh, I totally, totally understand. Families have a lot going on. 
Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Uh, Alicia in Minnesota said, when and how do we start the sex talk with our kids? I have two boys that I homeschool and would love a book suggestion or better yet that my husband would do it with them. (laughs) Okay, so... She's saying she doesn't want to start on any topics too soon. Her nine and a half year old son is starting to ask tough questions and I'm feeling the need to seek out and research the topic. Boy, I'll tell you what, at nine and a half, you got to start talking to your son right now. Don't wait. Don't pass go. Do not collect $200. I would say in in many cases, unless you are totally isolated and you're living, you know, in an igloo somewhere uh, with the Eskimos, you got to start talking to your kids. If we don't, I just think it requires a talking earlier and earlier and earlier. When your kids ask you questions, uh, my policy has always been, I answer those questions. I will give them just enough answers to where they seem satisfied. And so if my daughter or my son would ask me a question about sex, you know, in our, in our house, at least with me, particularly with my girls, I wanted this to be a very easy topic in our home. I wanted them not to feel embarrassed or ashamed or uh, any of those things when it came to uh, bringing up the conversation of sex, because sex belongs to God. Sex was God's idea. He, he said, this is very good and it should be very good. In fact, I mean, I've said this before on the show, but I think Christians should be enjoying sex more than anybody else. Why? Because we recognize what the tremendous gift that it is. And we've been given the tools in which to thrive in the sexual relationship, right? Sex was created for marriage between one man and one woman. Uh, And God said the marriage bed should be held in honor among all people. And so uh, we honor marriage in our home. And so uh, when your kids ask you questions, be prepared to give them an answer. Don't use slang words for body parts. Talk to your kids about uh, the things that they ask. And when their eyes kind of glaze over and they look like they kind of don't care anymore, that's probably an okay time for you to shift conversation or get back to making spaghetti or whatever it was you were doing. But those conversations are very important. There are lots of, of, you know, decent books out there. One of my favorite books for shepherding young people, by the way, is called Age of Opportunity. I think it's by Paul David Tripp. Uh, I read that book years ago and, and really, really loved it. Um, but I, and there's, there are books, uh, you know, um, what happened on the day you were born is probably one of them. There are some really good books out there, but I honestly do not think that there is a substitute for you just telling it like it is. Um, I think we lean into the books because we're afraid we're going to say something wrong, but you guys know how babies are made. <laughs> so it's, you know, to a, to a young person, it's a pretty simple biological fact. It's a biological reality that we've messed up in the culture. And so you've got the opportunity to talk to your kids about it, to engage in conversation with them so that they don't have to feel shame or embarrassment over the topic of sex. And this will serve them very well uh, in their adult life. So I would encourage you that way, have those conversations sooner rather than later. I have uh, noticed that I am raising my 12-year-old daughter in a world that is vastly different from the world that I raised her 31-year-old sister in. And so we want to have those conversations sooner rather than later. Believe me when I say 
Your children have already been exposed to the idea of sex. And you want to be the one who tells them how amazing it is, what a gift it is, why we save ourselves for marriage, why we don't want to engage in pornography or any of those things, because it's such a precious, precious thing. And as a woman who's been married for nearly 35 years, both my husband and I, uh, really by the grace of God, especially given where how I grew up, uh, we were both virgins when we got married and we had committed to saving ourselves for marriage because someone told us about the preciousness of sex and why we should never give it away to a person that wasn't our, our, our intended spouse. And so I waited for my husband and he waited for me and praise the Lord. You know, I don't have, uh, I'm not, you know, sleeping with a ghost of somebody else. You know, I've only ever been with one man and that's my husband. And there's a blessing in that. And I'll tell you what, after all these years of marriage, that blessing is still, we are still reaping the rewards of waiting to have sex until we were married. And so um, have that talk with your kids, Alicia, don't be embarrassed, just have it with them, normalize. I mean, I think we should just, there should be a hashtag, normalize talking about sex with your kids because the world is talking about sex. They've normalized it, but it is in such a wicked, evil way that it's hurting our kids. And so talk to your kids and I think you're going to be able you're going to see some really good fruit from it. I wanted to read a podcast review from Young Survivor. And she said, Heidi speaks the truth. I've listened off and on for a few years, and I'm always encouraged to find another Christian speaking the truth, no matter how unpopular it might be. God's word and truth doesn't change. There is no my truth, your truth. There's just truth. Heidi delivers it with courage, compassion, and it spurs me on to do the same. Well, thank you very much for that. I really appreciate it. Another Apple podcast review came in and said, it's wonderful. I heard you speak at the Abide Conference. That was again right here at Answers in Genesis. Thanks for sharing and for all that you do to encourage mothers. Thank you guys for uh, sending in these reviews. I really, really do appreciate it. That's all I've got time for. I'm going to come back in happy hour and continue answering some of your questions and fielding them from the VIP listeners at the Heidi St. John podcast. If you would like to have your question answered at the show, uh, it's a, you've got an even better chance if you subscribe to the Heidi St. John podcast, and you can do that by going to Spotify and just clicking on that subscribe button. Thank you for sharing this show with other people. And I hope you guys are encouraged to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. Stay engaged in the word of God. God's word has the answers to the questions that this generation is asking. We love you guys. Have a great day. I'll see you right back here again tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.